The Membership Application Program Group is the gatekeeper to the broker-dealer industry, working both to protect investors by keeping bad actors out and working to help new and existing firms grow and evolve, ensuring a vibrant market for all. On this episode, we talk to Lisa Robinson, the head of the MAP Group, to learn more. Welcome to FINRA Unscripted from New York. I'm your host, Caitlin Kiernan. I'm pleased to be joined by Lisa Robinson, Senior Director of FINRA's Membership Application Program Group within the Member Supervision Team. Lisa, welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for having me. So, Lisa, let's just start with what is the Membership Application Program? So, to start, to conduct securities, transactions, and business with the investing public in the U.S., Both firms and individuals need to register with FINRA. Firms need to apply and meet certain membership standards in order to become a FINRA-registered broker-dealer. And what's the goal of having these firms registered as members? So the goal is that each firm has to demonstrate that they meet certain standards of admission. The standards of admission are there to promote investor protection by applying uniform standards to both new FINRA members and current firms with regard to their ownership control or business operations. The standards require firms to demonstrate uh, not only that they meet all the standards of admission, but they are capable of complying with the laws and rules, as well as observing high standards of commercial honor and just and equitable principles of trade. So you're looking to make sure that when investors are working with a broker or a broker-dealer, they can feel confident that they had to pass some level of standards to enter the industry and they know what the rules are and that FINRA is looking out over what they're doing? That, that's exactly right. It's all about investor protection. So what is FINRA's membership application or MAP group? So the MAP group is a dedicated group that reviews each application or other membership matter that's submitted to FINRA. We have a team of about 50 that will review applications. They analyze the information and documentation gathered to see if the firm meets those standards of admission. And how many new firms are applying in a given year, roughly? We receive about 120 new member applications a year. We also process continuing member applications. Those are filed by existing member firms that would like to make a material change to their business. And we also process what we call materiality consultations. And we'll talk a little bit about that later, but essentially that's for firms that would like FINRA's assessment on whether or not an application is required. So is this like if a firm wants to enter a new business model, they have to apply to do that before they can just launch on in? That's right. Well, it would depend on the facts and circumstances, whether or not a firm needs to apply. So they're an existing member firm and they want to engage in a new business line. They would have to determine whether or not that new business is a material change for their firm. And if it is, then they would need to apply with the MAP group. Got it. So we'll dig into that a little bit later, but before we dig into the process and standards, you head up this group. What's your background? So my background, actually, I've been really blessed here at FINRA. I started as an examiner 
reviewing customer complaints and terminations for cause back in what we were known as NASD back then. Ultimately, I became an associate director in the examinations group in the New York office. And then I was asked to move over to the application group. And I did. And when I started to see the applications and working with the membership, I really wanted to make the application program group a risk-based group, similar to the way we conduct what was then cycle examinations. And then ultimately, I became a director in the MAP group. And I really just love working with the membership and some great experts here within FINRA. That's great to hear, moving up from examiner all the way to a group head. Yes, it could happen. Um, So to dig into the process a little bit more, there are currently 14 standards for emission. That seems like a lot. So we don't have to go through all of them, but what are some of the big categories? So to start, all of the standards are important, and each firm needs to meet each of the standards. If I were to break them down into categories, we're really looking to assess a firm's compliance, supervisory, operational, and financial systems. We're also going to look at a firm's regulatory and disciplinary history and whether or not the firm is capable of complying with the rules and laws. So what does it mean when you look into the regulatory and disciplinary history? So we're going to look and see if the key principles of a firm, registered reps at the firm, what's their background? Do they have a lot of customer complaints? Do they have pending or outstanding arbitrations? Have there been adjudicated disciplinary proceedings against these individuals? That's what we want to look into. And if you think about it, the membership group, we have such a big responsibility. We consider ourselves the gatekeeper to the broker-dealer industry. Our goal is we want to keep the bad actors out, and we want to really work with those compliant firms and get their applications processed as efficiently, as timely as possible, so that they could go ahead and begin their business. So from the financial side of things, what are you looking for? So we're going to look to review to see that the firm has adequate capital to begin their business, um, the financial wherewithal to sustain their business, And we're also going to look at the firm's financial controls to see that they're reasonably designed to achieve compliance. We work very closely with FINRA's risk monitoring group, and we really collaborate with them in the review of the firm's financials. So to dig into the process a little bit, I know that the first step is to reserve the firm name, but what comes after that? So once you reserve the firm name and you get entitlements into the system, when you're ready to file your application, you do it through Firm Gateway. It's really important that you don't file the application until you're ready. So I talk with a lot of firms, and they tell me that from their perspective, for the application process to go smoothly, they really need to think about their proposed business, how their business plan can demonstrate that they meet those standards of admission before they file. So they file the application. We have an online form for both new member and continuing member applicants. It's right on Firm Gateway. 
but it's really, really important that you don't file until you're ready. So a lot of firms ask, well, what could we do? We have a few questions. What I recommend is come in and talk to us here in the MAP group. Call us or email us. We're more than happy to meet with a firm even before they file their application. We will bring in other key internal stakeholders here at FINRA to meet with you and to go over your business model. So don't get me wrong. We're not going to tell you how to write up your business plan or how to operate your business, but we'll engage in dialogue. We typically will ask some pretty good questions that you could think about and take back. And we have received feedback from firms that they really appreciate these meetings even before they file. So the back and forth should happen before you submit the application. You don't want to get an application that has a lot of questions outstanding? Well, there's not so much back and forth in the beginning. Let's say this pre-file meeting where you come in and talk to us, you're just presenting your business model. We're not going to be sending letters back and forth. We're just, we're having a conversation. Um, But ultimately, yes, you're right. It's so much more efficient to come in and talk to us even before. You don't have to. It's up to you. We're not going to charge you for this meeting, Um, but it really does help. It helps us at FINRA, and we believe it helps the applicants as well. So I understand that there's a fast-track review process. (laughs) Yes. What's different with that, and when would a firm find out if they were eligible? So first, I'll tell you a little bit about fast-track. It's something we came up with a few years ago. I mentioned earlier that we want to take a risk-based approach to our applications. So that's what we were thinking of when we came up with fast-track. It's for the less complex low-hanging fruit applications that are submitted where the applicant has everything in order, all the documentation's ready, they're ready to go. And when we see the application, we don't have a lot of questions. It's, again, the low-risk, less complex. There's not disciplinary history and things like that. And we process that on an expedited basis. So they're much faster turnaround times in our fast track program. And what is the turnaround time for a standard review versus a fast track review? So it depends on the proposed business model and the matter type, whether it's an NMA or a CMA. But on average, continuing member applications that are designated to be in this fast track program, we get them complete on average of about 40 days. Now, I do want to point out, if your application is not designated for fast track, that doesn't mean we're not going to work on it as efficiently as possible. It just means that we need more time or sometimes the applicant needs more time to get documentation into us or let's say it's a more novel matter, but we're still going to work on it as efficiently as possible. 40 days is pretty quick, too. Yes, So one of the required components of the process is the membership interview. What's that like? A membership interview is required for all new member applications. It's in the rules. And that's an opportunity for FINRA to meet with the key principles of a new firm and to just discuss the business plan. We'll ask about the experience and background of the key principles 
It helps us gauge the experience for whatever business model the firm's looking to engage in. It's also a really good opportunity for the staff to discuss any red flags or issues that we've seen in the application. I do want to point out the membership interview will not be the first time that you're hearing of any concerns we may have. We want to identify any red flags and communicate them to the applicant as soon as possible. We don't want to wait for the big meeting. But during that meeting, we can discuss these issues if they're still outstanding. So who is involved in this meeting? So we have members of MAP. We'll invite key internal stakeholders from FINRA. That could be representatives from the risk monitoring group. We could bring in other internal stakeholders, depending on what the firm's proposed business is. And again, from the firm's side, we want to speak with the the key principles of the new applicant or new member firm. And so how can prospective new firms prepare for this interview? Well, for the interview, it's really just knowing the business model, because that's what we're going to ask you about. How will the firm operate on day one? And tell us about your experience as it relates to the activity that you're looking to conduct. Again, we will discuss with you any issues or concerns we have prior to the meeting. So come prepared to talk more about the issues or concerns that we've identified. Is the process the same for all firms, regardless of their business models, or are there differences like with funding portals? There could be slight differences in the process. Let's say, for instance, for a new member applicant that wants to operate a platform or an app. But where the membership interview could be uh, the perfect opportunity for the firm to provide staff with a demonstration of that platform or of the app. So we would want to see that. Now, funding portals is an entirely different set of standards and set of rules. The standards and rules are streamlined to reflect the limited scope of business of a funding portal, but we still do require a membership interview. Uh, Funding portals all have online platforms, so we're going to want to see a demonstration of that platform during the membership interview. So that's a lot about the new membership application or the NMA. I wanted to ask about the continuing membership application, the CMA. What's that process like and how is it different? The standards are the same, right? We apply uniform standards to the new firms and to the existing firms. So for continuing member applications, CMAs, there are certain times when you have to file an application, and that is when the proposed business requires a higher minimum required net capital if the firm is going to do market making or underwriting for the first time, have to file an application. Then there are other times when a firm has a proposed business change and they have to determine whether or not an application is required. And things a firm should consider is, like I mentioned earlier, the compliance supervisory operational and financial impact of that new business line to that member firm. And it's really facts and circumstances, but 
if it's a material change to that firm's business, they would also need to file a CMA. So earlier you mentioned the materiality consultation. How does that work? So the materiality consultation, like I mentioned before, is when a firm wants FINRA's assessment as to whether or not a proposed change is material requiring a CMA. It's really pretty simple to do. A firm files through Firm Gateway, and it's just a Word document. And a firm should just present their analysis as to why they feel the proposed change is or isn't material. So the firm should give us their analysis on the impact to their firm. Now, what's great about these materiality consultations is that they're free of charge, and we will put our assessment in writing to the firm. And depending on the information presented, and you know, hopefully it's a straightforward business model, we get those processed pretty quickly for a firm. So between this and the meetings before you submit a new membership application, it sounds like you're doing a lot to be a resource for firms when they have questions. Absolutely. We want to be here for firms. That's one of the goals we have is we want that open communication and dialogue. It's a collaborative process with the member firms. Firms want their applications processed quickly. In order for us to do that, we need the firm's collaboration, right? Turn things around quickly. Have everything ready before you file. Come to us. Talk to us before you even file that application. It it truly is a collaborative process. So now that we've talked a bit about the process, what are some of the potential outcomes, whether a CMA or an M&A? Sure. So for both the NMA and CMA, an applicant has to demonstrate, I keep saying this, that they meet all the standards of admission. So there are several possible outcomes. We could approve an application. We could approve an application with restrictions, or we could deny an application. So approve with restriction and denials. There is an appeal process, and it's outlined in the rule. But honestly, we really don't get that many denials. And I think that's because we really try to communicate our concerns and issues with the applicant as soon as we see them. We'll have those discussions and say, listen, here are our concerns. What can you do to remedy these concerns? And sometimes firms can either amend their business model or do whatever they need to to take care of those concerns. And sometimes firms may even withdraw their application. Maybe because of the concerns we've raised, they're like, you know what, we're going to go back and rethink this. So that's a, a possible outcome, although it's not a FINRA decision. A firm can decide to withdraw their application. There's one other potential outcome, and that's called a lapse. So Let's say, for instance, we've been asking a firm for bank statements, and the firm hasn't given them to us. And we need those bank statements to conduct our review, right? And we've been asking for a while, and we're just not getting them. It is in the rule where FINRA has the opportunity to lapse an application, and that basically takes it off of the FINRA docket and the matter's closed. If the firm wants, they could always refile, but it would be a new application. 
I wanted to move on real quick to the retrospective review process. We actually did a podcast on the retrospective review process on episode 16. So if listeners want to know how this overall process works, you should check out that episode. But in 2016, FINRA conducted a retrospective rule review of the MAP process rules. What was the outcome of that review? So first, the retrospective review of the MAP rules, the outcomes outlined in Regulatory Notice 1823. And the outcome was that we found the MAP rules and standards meet their mandate of investor protection. However, we could take the opportunity to make some updates to the rules and just recalibrate. So we're in the process of doing that as well. So based on the retrospective rule review, what were some of the areas that were found that you could recalibrate? So we're going to be streamlining some of the standards of admission. We're also going to be codifying some of the practices that we've already put in place here in the MAP group. For instance, the fast track program. It has been such a success that we want to codify that in the new rules We'll also be reducing turnaround times, again, because we really feel we have the tools to do so, we want to just codify that as well. Just to wrap up, where could a firm learn more if this was not enough information for them? FINRA.org really is a great source for a lot of the information we talked about today. There is an overview of the materiality consultation process on FINRA.org as well as an overview on the fast track process. Of course, the representatives here in MAP are a good resource. I mentioned before, call us if you have any questions, you just want to talk about your proposed change or about becoming a member of FINRA. We would love to hear from you and help you work through your business plan. Great. We'll link to some of those resources in our show notes. Well, Lisa, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, That's it for this episode of FINRA Unscripted. From New York, I'm your host, Caitlin Kiernan. If you have any ideas for future episodes, you can let us know at finraunscripted at finra.org. Until next time. Please note, FINRA podcasts are the sole property of FINRA, and the information provided is for informational and educational purposes only. The content of the podcast does not constitute any FINRA rule or amendment or interpretation to such rules. Compliance with any recommended conduct presented does not mean that a firm or person has complied with the full extent of their obligations under FINRA rules, the rules of any other SRO, or securities laws. This podcast is provided as is. FINRA and its affiliates are not responsible for any human or mechanical errors or omissions. Parties may not reproduce these podcasts in any form without the express written consent of FINRA. FINRA.